You are listening to the official podcast of the Mission Redlands. We are a growing community living out God's radical love. Well, good morning. When I got up to the first row, there was like three and a half people here, and, and now here all you beautiful people are. Thank, I'm, I'm glad you're here. Good morning. So, how's the prayer challenge going this week? Who's participating in the prayer challenge? Yeah, yes, nice. So if you don't know, we are uh, just beginning today, week three of a six-week prayer challenge where we are praying for people within our, our, our daily lives uh, who need an encounter with Jesus, who, who need an encounter, need a touch, need a word, need, a, um, need, need salvation, redemption, people who need an encounter with Jesus. And so we've been praying for uh, a few people every day, same people, and we're going to keep praying for them for six weeks and just see what God does. And it's not because we want Him to move in their lives so that our Easter service can be bigger and better. It's because we want them to truly encounter the living Christ. And uh, so uh, at the end of the service, um, Daryl and Vicki have a, have a week three prayer sheet for you. So pick that up on your way out and keep praying for those people. Um, so there's a lot going on in the world right now. Would, would you say that's fairly accurate? Uh, new things have been coming at us so fast that it's been hard to keep up. Like I used to be, um, you know, fairly up, like, like one example of that is I used to be fairly up on technology and now I've reached the point where my boys have to teach me how to do stuff. And, and I, and I'm frankly, I'm upset about that. Like I'm not cool with that. Um, but things are coming out of so fast that it's been hard to keep up. It, it, like, like, think about this. Prior to 2020, had uh, who had been like? Prior to 2020, uh, had had you been a part of a Zoom video call for your job? Anyone? I mean, I know some people did. Tara, right? Right? Yeah. Uh, but, but after 2020, how many people did a Zoom call for their job? Like, it's just become like a thing, right? You know? And, and uh, let's see. Uh, it, it just seems like over the last few years, there's been so much that has divided us as people. Um, just even over just the last three or four years, if you think about it, I mean, if you just really sit and think about it, um, there's been racial division, there's been political division, there's been a worldwide pandemic that caused medical division, and all of those, every single one of those things caused a division within the church worldwide, right? And, and like, uh, you know, I, I, I want to say that, like, we need to continue to struggle through these topics that have divided us. Let's continue to do the hard work that has begun over the last few years of listening to each other, putting ourselves in each other's shoes to better understand perspectives. 
outside of our own. We must continue this. We have to continue this work. But for a moment this morning, let's look at the positives over the last couple of years. And there have been some. There have been some, right? The things that united us rather than divided us, right? And so let's see. One thing that has united us rather than divided us uh, there, there are a few things I already mentioned, Zoom, but what one big thing was going to work in our pajamas. <laughs> Any, anybody, that, that's like, yeah, right? Um, so going to work in our pajamas, we all can pretty much agree, like, that's okay, like, we're good with that. Um, uh, binge streaming shows on, 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 on who, what, what was a pandemic stream, that, binge stream that you had? Somebody. <laughs> Tiger King, that was a big one. Queen's Gambit, that was a great one. What else? Who had a pandemic binge? Survivor, yes, right. The Office. I'm going to tell you the truth, okay? I'm going to make a confession right here um, in front of y'all. My wife and I, neither of us, like my wife bakes a little, but, like, neither of us are, like, really into baking, right? But we watch so many sh- seasons of the Great British Baking Show. <laughs> like, no joke. Like, we've watched probably, like, nine seasons of it. And now we're, it's, like, February, or is, what month is it? March? It, it, it's March, and we're watching the Christmas edition right now. Like, what's going on with us? But so, Ben streaming shows united us. Uh, who hadn't done a puzzle in years prior to the pandemic, right? Me, like, like the pandemic brought out puzzlers, right? It was crazy. And, and for a minute there, it seemed like the thing that united us were white claws, but we're not going to talk about that. Um, but recently... Right at what we hope is the tail end of the pandemic, something was released that united us all in a way that was completely unforeseen by anybody. Right at the tail end of what we hope is the end of, Lord Jesus, please let this be the end of this thing. But no one saw this thing coming, not even the Creator, and that is Wordle. Who knows Wordle? Okay, Wordle is a, is, a, is a puzzle word game, if you don't know. And I'm, I'm going to tell you the background story of it. Josh Wordle, not Wordle, but Wordle, uh, a software engineer in Brooklyn, knew his, his, his girlfriend loved word games. So he created a guessing game for just the two of them. For just the two of them. As, as, a, as a play on his name, he named it Wordle. Right, and, uh, but after a couple of uh, a couple of months playing, and after it rapidly became an obsession in his family's WhatsApp group chat, um, he introduced his relatives. Uh, Mr. Wordle thought he might be onto something and released it to the rest of the world in October. Right, November first, twenty twenty-two. Ninety people had played Wordle. On Sunday, January 2nd, 2022, just over two months later, more than 300,000 people had played Wordle. 
And now Wordle is being played by millions of people every day. Millions, millions of people every day. This, the, the, I got this information from a New York Times article, and, New, and the New York Times actually bought Wordle from this guy for what they call low seven figures. I don't know how seven figures is low, but <laughs> low seven figures, quote unquote. And uh, yeah, one thing that stood out to me about this story, though, was the power of language, the power of words, the power that words hold. And uh, in church, sometimes I feel like we can be guilty of using insider language and, uh, and insider words, words that don't always make immediate sense to people who are new to the faith, or even if they have been in church for a long time, it's very possible, like, you may not have a clear understanding of what a word uh, means or where it comes from. And, and this is dangerous, especially if you start using the word too because it's just a part of the culture of the church. Does that make sense? Why that would be dangerous? Um, so today we're beginning a new teaching series aimed at clarifying some of these church words. And the series uh, will take us through Easter and a little bit beyond, and, and so we have appropriately named it Easter Words. I just thought that was like so on the nose, but like so good, right? Like, and so let's jump in. Let's jump in. Today's word, the word of, who's a, who's a, a 90s child? So Pee Wee's Playhouse, they used to say the word of the day is baptism. And everybody, every time you heard that word, you, people would scream. And let's not do that. But um, to, <laughs> the word of the day is baptism, right? It, don't make me come over there. <laughs> baptism, keep him in line, Kathia, please. I know. <sighs> baptism, that's where we're going today. The word of the day is baptism. Baptism comes from two Greek words, bapto and baptizo. Bap baptizo. Um, bapto means to dip, dip in, immerse, to dip into dye, to dye color. Uh, and while similarly defined, um, but with subtle variations, baptizo means to dip repeatedly, to immerse, to submerge, like the submerging of a vessel if a boat sank, um, to cleanse by dipping or submerging, to wash, to make clean with water, uh, to wash oneself, bathe, to overwhelm. To overwhelm. I find that last one interesting. Um, as you can see, these words have very similar meanings and are most frequently used to communicate the concept of dipping or submerging into water. Baptism in the church has been around since the very early days, like since basically day one of the early church in Acts. Uh, I was, I, um, it was expected that upon accepting the message of Jesus Christ, the gospel message, that you would be baptized immediately or very shortly after by being dipped or immersed into water, right? And we're not going to go into the, um, there's, a, there's a large argument 
um, within the church, and I'm not fond of arguments, but there's like a, there's like a whole thing about sprinkling versus dipping or child infant baptism versus believer baptism. And like, I'm just going to present what, what the Bible says today in my study, like what I've found and, and what we believe here at the mission. We believe in believers baptism and, and, and we believe in, uh, you know, dunking you. So, um, and then back up again, right? Yeah. <laughs> Just want to clarify so nobody's scared. Um, but yeah, being dipped or immersed into, into the water. And um, one of the last things Jesus said to his followers before he was taken up uh, to heaven was to baptize all those who became disciples of Christ, right? He said in Matthew 28, 18 through 20, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So we're not here to argue about modes of baptism or any kind of, any kind of stuff like that. Um, you know, uh, I, I heard in my studies, I came across some people saying that, you know, being baptized, like if you were baptized as an infant and then you were baptized again later in your life when you like became a believer, like that that was a slap in the face to the people who had prayed for you and been, you know, baptized you when you were an infant. And I just say, like, it, it depends on, like, I say that there's, there's, a, there's a place for a second baptism. I was baptized twice. I was baptized when I was a little kid. And I, I said it, you know, I said I wanted to do it, but I didn't know what it meant at all, you know. And so I really, you know, felt the need as a young believer when I was 18, just learning how to lead worship and follow Christ and all this stuff, like to be baptized again as an as a, as a outward sign to my community that I wanted to be a Jesus follower. And so, um, so I, I think that there's, you know, I think, yeah, I'm just going to leave it at that. Anyways, um, but so Jesus called us to do it. That's one, that's one very important thing. Baptize all who accept the message of God, the, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Baptize all disciples of Jesus Christ in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. But why? Why? What is the meaning behind baptism? Like what? Like, if you really break it down, like, what is it? And the first thing that jumps to mind is cleansing. After all, the Greek words we already mentioned um, have to do with dipping and immersing in water and acts. Um, there's a passage in Acts 2, 38 through 41, where Peter says, um, this is right, this is on the day of Pentecost, where he's preaching his, his Pentecost sermon, and this is the day that the early church will begin. Um, and he said, he's talking to a large multitude of people, and he says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift 
of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. So Peter tells the people on the day of Pentecost to repent and be baptized in Jesus' name for the forgiveness of sins. So baptism does hold a symbolic element of what Jesus does by washing away our sins. There's no doubt about that. That element is there, but it goes much deeper than that. It goes so much deeper. And that it goes deeper than that one thing. The, think about what else water represents in the Bible, particularly in the Old Testament. What other accounts in the Bible involve water, right? Well, a big one that jumps to mind is Noah, right? There was a lot of water in the story of Noah, um, uh, because he had to build an ark, right? <laughs> God sends his judgment onto the corrupt earth, right, in the form of a massive flood. This flood destroys every living thing except for Noah. God has prepared Noah and his family for the flood and kept them safe while everything else on earth was washed away into death, right? Another account in the Old Testament that involved water was the Exodus. The Israelite people were enslaved to, to the Egyptian pharaoh, um, and he abused them to the point that they began crying out to God to save them. And God tasked a man named Moses to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt. I, I, I wanted to name my son Dylan Moses, but my wife wouldn't let me. Um, just a fun fact there. Yeah. She's like, yeah, no, I didn't. Um, <laughs> God asked a man named Moses to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt. When, when, when the Israelite people began to escape, it was through a giant body of Water called the Red Sea. God, through Moses, split the Red Sea in half, and the Israelites were able to escape. And when the Egyptian soldiers followed them into the Red Sea, God closed it, and the sea swallowed them up into death. death. Right, death. Thank you. Uh, after the Israelites began a new life outside of slavery. The account of Jonah is another one, and I could go on and on. There's so many, but the element that all these stories have in common is that the water represented God's judgment on those who were, uh, weren't obedient to Him. And often in these accounts, the, the, the disobedient die, Right? But notice that the people in these accounts still have to go through the same events that the, I'm sorry, notice that the obedient people in these accounts still have to go through the same events that the disobedient people do. The difference is God keeps them safe. God keeps them safe. So there is an element to baptism that is not only representative of cleansing of sins, 
The whole picture of baptism is that the obedient person facing death in God's faithfulness, they come out the other side into life. Life, right? Thankfully, we, as the New Testament church, have Jesus who covers every believer in the waters of death and brings us up in his resurrection life. That's the picture of baptism for us. Colossians 2.12 says this, having been buried with him, Jesus, in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through your faith, in the working of God who raised him from the dead. And taking it even a step further, in Romans chapter 6, this is where Paul is, is, uh, is, is talking about where, there, where sin increased, grace increased all the more. But Romans 6, 1 through 4, the next thing he says, so what shall... We say then, shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into His death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Amen. Amen. I think that's amen worthy. That's right. So... We've looked at some examples of what baptism means, the depth, the whole picture of what baptism means. Baptism uh, for us today is for someone who has accepted the gospel message as truth in their heart has accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior and as a public declaration to their community of that they have been they that they have died in Christ and Christ lives in them now they are living a new they go under the water their old self, and they come up a new one with Christ. It's a symbol of death and resurrection life in Jesus. And it's a public declaration. But here's something you may not have thought of, is, is that for us, we, we get baptized into into Jesus' death and resurrection. But did you notice, some of you that have been in church a long time, did you notice that, that Jesus himself was baptized? What do you think that's about? That'll bake your noodle a little. Right? In the Jordan River, John the Baptist is there uh, baptizing Jewish people 
who had decided to repent of their sins and ready themselves for the coming Messiah. The Messiah would then be baptized, the Messiah would then baptize them with the Holy Spirit and with fire. John the Baptist's baptism symbolized moral purification and prepared the people for for God's coming kingdom. But then in Matthew 3, 13, something John the Baptist didn't expect happens. Then Jesus comes from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you. And do, and, and do you come to me? Jesus replied, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son who I love. With him I am well pleased. Jesus Christ lived a sinless life and died a sinner's death. And yet here he is being baptized in obedience to God. Submitting himself to the judgment of God and coming out the other side in life because of God's faithfulness. And so here he is. Here's Jesus who is completely sinless being obedient to the Father, submitting himself to the judgment of the Father. And God comes down from heaven and says, this is my son. The presence of God falls. And he says, who I love, with him I am well pleased. Oh, man. He is a good father. He is a good father. I was just thinking as we were singing that song about how good the father is and how often I take him for granted. He's a father that despite anything our earthly father has ever done to us, that, that this father does what he says. He's faithful. He always does what he says. And I was thinking about how his discipline is just. He's a good father. Some of, some of us, he's the only good father that we've known. And so here Jesus is, right before he starts his ministry, submitting himself to the judgment and obedience of God. So I want to wrap this up and invite the worship team to come, but I want to say a couple of, just a couple of more things to you specifically is that, one, if you're, if you're not a believer, 
and you're here or you're watching online, I want you to know that we, we love you just as you are. We love you and we want nothing more for you than to be wrapped in the saving arms of Jesus Christ. And so if, if you haven't accepted the gospel message yet, we're not going to do any hand raising or anything like that, but I would love the opportunity to talk to you. Or anyone in our leadership team would love the opportunity to talk to you. Jesus, we've said it, Jesus was fully man and fully God. He was there on the day that the world, that, that the world as we know it was created. And yet he left heaven, he bankrupt heaven, and he came down to earth. And lived a perfect life and died the, the death of a thief on the cross, a sinful thief, even though he was perfect. But that wasn't the end of the story. Jesus' life isn't marked by life and death. The bookends of Jesus' life are life and life. He goes through death. And through Him, we can too. So if you want to accept the Gospel message this morning, come talk to me. Come talk to somebody else. And we would love the opportunity to baptize you. We're going to do baptisms here, right here in service, Easter Sunday. We're going to celebrate resurrection life with baptism. And uh, it's going to be a beautiful thing. So with that said, I just want to remind all those who have been baptized, who are following Jesus, as you pray for your people in the prayer challenge, as you pray for your people to encounter Jesus, remember what Jesus sent us out to do. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Speaking of baptizing in uh, making disciples of all nations, we have, a, we have a guest here with us this morning. His name's Javid. 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 And uh, he's from Pakistan. And, and uh, he's doing a great work among, among believers and there. And so if you get a chance this morning, talk to him, find out about what he's doing. And uh, we're, we're glad to have him this morning. Um, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you.
Surely I'm with you to the very end of the age. You are listening to the official podcast of The Mission Redlands. For more information, visit us at themissionredlands.com.